Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The Action Network Podcast. It was time for the long-awaited overdue celebration to commence. Go pack your bag! Go pack your bag! Welcome to the Action Network Podcast, presented by BetMGM. I'm Jill Gallant. I'm joined by Evan Abrams. He held down the fort for me last week. And we're going to dive into both NFL Conference Championship games. Recap, I mean, what the hell just happened, Evan? We're going to take a look at the Super Bowl 58 matchup between the AFC champion Kansas City Chiefs against the NFC champion, the San Francisco 49ers. Pretty chalky, but again, we get a rematch of what happened from four years ago uh, when they played each other in Patrick Mahomes' first Super Bowl. So we're going to talk about both of those games and take a look at this matchup as well. And then before we get out of here, Patrick Everson from Vegas Insider, he'll give us a market report on how sportsbooks in Vegas fared for Championship Sunday. But Evan, I think we we immediately have to talk about the NFC Championship game. We just finished watching that game between the Lions and the 49ers. 49ers win 34-31. to on the verge of covering the seven and a half, uh, but got garbage timed out or vultured, depending on how you look at it. The Lions betters feeling very good if you bet seven and a half because the Lions do score a last minute touchdown that did not decide the game at all. But the over under of 52 and a half did go over as well. Evan, I kind of feel like this was a tale of two halves because if you had just shut the game off at halftime, you would have thought the Lions were just going to roll in this game. And it was just all Lions in the first half. And then it was all Niners in the second half. I mean, the Lions, they went up 14 nothing quickly. I think what surprised me was, and it probably shouldn't have surprised me because of how effective Aaron Jones was last week for the Packers, but the Lions rushing attack just came out firing off the hop. Three rushing touchdowns early, a Jameson Williams rushing touchdown, Monty got in, Jameer Gibbs. I mean, the first half, dude, it was very clinical by the Lions. 18 first downs in the first half. They were five for seven on third down. They held the ball for six minutes longer than the Niners. And Evan, then the second half started. <laughs> uh, I mean, my point of view on this one, it's just like very interesting when you're taking notes during the game and your first half notes and your second half notes can be just so different. 
Uh, 100%, when yeah. the same process happened for the Chiefs-Ravens game, I was going to say to myself, well, maybe the Ravens come back, and I thought that was the case. Uh, not the case here. I think everything you looked at in the first half kind of told the story that we knew about, which was the 49ers rush defense got gashed. There were holes all over the place. Gibbs was running. Even Montgomery saw, saw some holes, and he's mostly not a long rush type of guy. And listen, two-minute warning going into the half. Lions, 7.4 yards per play, 7.7 yards per rush. The 49ers were under five. I mean, it was just complete and utter domination. And there was mm-hmm. also quick Lions drives, right? They were just rolling down the field. And every time they got the ball, you said to yourself, what? four and a half plays before you they at least put up some points. That was how it felt early. And then everything kind of just turned on a dime after halftime. Uh, I put out the stat. The Lions were three and 16 against a third quarter spread this season mm-hmm. entering this game. And everything just fell apart. Uh, 17 fell apart. in the third quarter. Uh, the 49ers went from plus 400 to minus 400. It just felt... Absolutely impossible. The biggest collapse in conference championship history. Uh, But the thing that's interesting is Mm -hmm. once again, the 49ers end up coming back from a deficit. Uh, They end up kind of squashing the storyline of Shanahan, which has happened prior to this. But I'm not sure anything really changes in terms of how we feel about the team, which is pretty intriguing with them going up against Mahomes now, the guy who uh, comes back from everything. Well, the one thing, too, is for weeks and really most of the second half of the season, we were told about how amazing this 49ers defense is. And now this is two weeks in a row where they have looked suspect. Like, I'm not saying that the Chiefs, but the Chiefs are a different animal, too. And we're going to talk about them and how they were pretty much surgical in the first half as well, much like the Lions. The difference was is their defense did show up in the second half. But the second half for the Lions, it was just a complete implosion. I mean... The fourth down calls, we have to talk about this too, because at the end of the first half, Campbell gets conservative. Right there at the goal line, could have went for it on a touchdown. Four extra points on this defense would have been huge as far as swinging win probability. So he gets conservative here, but then we get into the third quarter and he goes for it on fourth down and it's not a good play call. And then immediately, the the Niners get some luck on their hand. They get the 50-yard completion to Ayuk, and then that leads to another touchdown and then the Lions fumble CMC touchdown and really they showed you how to blow a 17 point lead in eight <laughs> minutes in an NFL game and yeah the Campbell gambles man were tough like they were really tough to watch sometimes it felt really cringe there at the end sometimes when they coming, were coming right? through that, that's his M- yeah that's his MO like that's the type of guy he was entering this game you said to yourself you probably like Detroit because you know he's willing to take these gambles. Mm-hmm. And up, you know, the seven, or what was it, uh, not 17. He'd be up 14 at the time before he took the field goal. He wanted points. I, I just, either way, I, it, it's a little bit of, uh, you know, looking ahead or looking, yeah. you know, bath on it a little bit there. Um, but I will say this. I wrote this down. After the CMC touchdown, Laporta's drop followed by Reynolds' drop. Either of those passes come through. That felt like a bit of a... Everything is just going wrong all at once mm-hmm. for Detroit. Um, so that's what then that, that those were kind of my notes at the time. And then the sack on first down near Detroit's goal line. Great job by Purdy holding onto the ball. There was just a few plays that if Purdy, you know, there was also the scramble where he went for the first down at the end of the game. Yes, 
Yes. Listen, he, he, he did his job. He played very well when he had to play. Uh, and he came back for the second straight week. So uh, I think the funny thing is, again, going into this Super Bowl, if you believed one thing about Purdy, you probably still feel that way. And <laughs> yes. I, mean, like, I don't think many of the uh, storylines have changed. It wasn't like he, it was him who came back. The Lions fell on themselves. The turnover on downs, the uh, fumble in itself by Gibbs. It just They gave them amazing field position and all the momentum. So... Uh, the Purdy runs though in the second half. I, I got to give him credit on those, especially on yeah. third down. I mean, he had he had fifty one rush yards just in the second half. Uh, to me, it was just kind of one of those things where the Lions just ran out of time and the time management. If you even want to talk about that, Campbell, they could have went for a field goal there, kept all three timeouts and the two minute warning, and then been able to potentially get the ball back with maybe a minute and a half left and be able to just go down and try and tie the game. I know that sounds easier after the fact, but even in real time, you know, I'm texting Nick Giffen, a friend of the show, friend of the podcast, friend of the network. But point is we were texting. We are like, why did you just take that time out there? And I think that's kind of, again, the Campbell gamble is what you play with if you're going to be betting on the Lions. So kudos to anybody who got the Lions at plus seven and a half. But now because of them losing the game, they are going to now, uh, the Niners are going to be favorites now in the Super Bowl. So that means that we get to bet Patrick Mahomes again as an underdog in the playoffs. Uh, again, Patrick Mahomes, let's now talk about the AFC Championship game. Chiefs, Ravens, Chiefs win 17 to 10. The under that seemed like it was on track to go way over if you were just using the first quarter algorithm, uh, that did go under. It was 43 and a half. But. Evan, now the Chiefs go into the Super Bowl for the fourth time in the Patrick Mahomes era. And again, will be an underdog again for the third straight playoff game. Back-to-back Super Bowls as well, that he'll be an underdog as well. Um, Again, talk to me about the context of this run of Patrick Mahomes and that now, where it almost feels like it's an auto bet now when he is an underdog of two and a half or less, or just an underdog in general. Uh, 10-1-1 against the spread as an underdog in his career, 9-3. Best of any quarterback, minimum 10 starts in the Super Bowl era. Uh, The guy just finds a way. And now being an underdog in his third consecutive game for the first time since his first three starts of his career, which is just absolutely beautiful uh, to come to fruition into this game uh, and the storylines in itself. I, I think this is also worth noting. So 10 now with the Chiefs winning and the 49ers winning. 10 of the last 11 Super Bowl champs have been listed at 12 to 1 or shorter in the preseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the Chiefs at 6 to 1, 49ers were 10 to 1. And since 2005, the favorites win the Super Bowl entering the playoffs have won it all three times. San Francisco can join them uh, if they win it this week, being favorites entering the playoffs. So just kind of chalky. Uh, the Lions were 22 to 1. They were going to be the uh, story, but not to be. Right. And the story, uh, Bit of tale of two halves as well if you're just using the Chiefs offense because in the first half, surgical. I mean, they the way that they played that first half might have been one of the best masterstrokes of Andy Reid's coaching career. At least they forced they defer the toss, they forced the three and out, use a nice six-minute drive, Mahomes to Kelsey touchdown. The connection just looked perfect. And then they take another 16-play drive to score again, where they were just keeping Lamar and that Ravens offense off the field. 
honestly, Evan, to think about all the times that we talked about the Chiefs and how they look broken or, you know, how they're, you know, whether or not they're going to be able to get their passing offense in check. I kind of feel rope-a-dope, you know, the way that they were during the regular season, especially in the second half. Uh, but yeah, 11 straight completions by Mahomes to start the game. Uh, to me, I still feel like the Ravens blew this game because Zay Flowers is the first thing that I think of because talk about ups and downs, like the 30 yard touchdown to answer back, obviously on that first drive right after the Kelsey touchdown, but then a big catch to set up another scoring opportunity and gets a taunting call, like in the AFC title game, like it was such bullshit, like to call that at that time. And then, but then he goes into redemption fumbles into the end zone on a reception it was one of those just oh my god you just never thought you would see such a high and such a low for a player uh within like five plays (laughs) so now the one thing i would just say as well and this is why i'm pouring one out a little bit for the ravens is because imagine this evan where your defense if you had the ravens defense and they only give up 17 points they force the chiefs to punt on every drive in the second half and you still lose like, really, it's the turnovers, I think, is the big difference in this game. Yeah, it was the turnovers and it was the dumb penalties. Uh, mm-hmm. At various points in this game, Baltimore felt so tense and nervous and just ready and willing and able to make the mistake. Whether You know what I mean? It just felt like whether it was the taunting or the penalty or the turnovers, I believe Lamar had three. And it was just like likely calling for the ball in triple coverage, Lamar being (laughs) upset at himself for throwing the ball. It was just everything kind of compounded on itself. Harbaugh looked frustrated. At no point in this entire game did they ever look happy, enjoyable, loose, even on the scramble touchdown to Flowers, which at this point probably is the best point, uh, best moment of the game for the Ravens. Mm-hmm. It even was supposed to be a sack. Lamar pulled some magic out of his hat. So that almost probably shouldn't have happened in the first place. They just look so lost at so mm-hmm. many points. Even when things went right, things end up not coming back for them with the, like the, the Van Oy penalty and just so many different things one after the other. Uh, after a while, you started watching this and said to yourself, well, when it was 17-7 KC, it should have been 17-10 or it should have been 17-14 because there's just so many opportunities with Tucker Field goals and this and that. There just should have been points and there wasn't. Uh, and they just ran out of time uh, mm-hmm. at the end of the game. So kind of fascinating to watch the Chiefs get to the Super Bowl in two completely different ways, right? This Chiefs team is a serpent. It strangles you. It's long drives. It's physical. It's uh, just unique play calling. It's kind of fun to watch. And, you know, mm-hmm. as a person who lost futures today, I appreciate it, right? Like I, I you know, today I, I love the Ravens in this game. I had some money on that. So, uh, but I appreciate what the Chiefs were able to do here. And I think it's kind of fascinating. Well, what I didn't appreciate was (laughs) Lamar Jackson today, because I felt like he was a bit of a mixed bag, especially like the first half, he didn't really do them many favors. Uh, Finished the day 20 for 37, 272 yards. Most of that was in the second half. I did the halftime show for this game, Bet What Happens Live, and he was only at around 65, 67 pass yards in the first half. I believe he was actually the leading, uh, second leading receiver as well at one point uh, for a big portion of this game uh, because of the weird tip ball back to him for 18 yards. 
And he also led the team with 54 rush yards. And they didn't really get much from Gus Edwards or Justice Hill as well. And again, two turnovers by Lamar, that strip sack, just hanging onto the ball a little too long. And that, I mean, you said it, that that interception to likely might have been the worst throw he made all year, maybe since that Steelers game where he threw that awful interception where the Steelers got lucky in that voodoo, right? So two turnovers into the end zone, man. Like you can't do that against the Chiefs. And then you brought up the undisciplined play. I mean, they had the rough in the passer call, uh, the taunting. Roquan Smith barges through the line, gets an unnecessary roughness that basically gave the, the Chiefs like the, the the game. Like and essentially, as it, you just can't do that against the Chiefs and expect to win. Now, I will say uh, a lot of people have been on the trend of uh, Chiefs uh, in the second half unders, and you were rewarded very handsomely again. It is now hit in 18 of 20 Chiefs games this season. And again, when you don't score any points at all in the second half, bettors are rejoicing betting on that trend each and every week. Yeah, the crazy one as well is I believe the fourth quarter under in their games has only lost once all season. So, and that today was three nothing Baltimore. There's only three points scored in the entire second half. So, yeah. uh, that is something that I think is part of the. Uh, I'm, I'm going to stick with this. The like serpent uh, strategy of the Chiefs, which is just grab a lead, run the ball, use Pacheco. Mahomes figures it out and the game ends and the time of possession is lean towards them. Their defense is so good that they figure it out. Uh, and, you know, plays like that play by Snead on that uh, flowers uh, roll for yep, touchdown. Should be, that screenshot should be in the Louvre. That is, that is one of the plays that really probably, I think Baltimore could win the game if they score there, to be honest with you uh, when it comes to momentum, but crazy. Well, especially because if it got tight and then you get just over the 50-yard line, you feel pretty good with Tucker kicking the field goal if it's a tie game or close game. I think one of the things that really surprised me too, especially coming into this game, is, and we've been talking about this a lot in the second half of the year about the Ravens, is that it was always kind of said that, well, Lamar finally has weapons now. Like he finally has guys to throw to. And when you talk about the serpent of the Chiefs, the defensive side of that serpent, I think, cannot be overstated of how they went into Baltimore today and held one of the best running attacks in the NFL, especially when coming into this game, anybody who uses defensive DVOA, I'm sure anybody was referencing the fact that the Chiefs were bottom five in defensive DVOA against the run, uh, were pretty much held held the Ravens in check, a team that is known uh, for running the ball. And the fact that they were able to keep Lamar out of the end zone, Gus out of the end zone, really that only touchdown that happened was that I don't want to call it improbable because I feel like Lamar did make the play, but at the same time, it felt more like a busted coverage than it did uh, in an ingenious play call uh, by Munkin there. This podcast is proudly presented by BetMGM. Use bonus code ACTION when signing up to get $158 in bonus bets when you bet $5. For new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Those are the AFC games and the NFC title games. Now let's talk about Super Bowl 58. Let's look ahead now. Chiefs Niners. Uh, Repeat uh, rematch from four years ago. Uh, right now, Niners, depending on how it looked, like, again, there were some look-ahead lines on this. I saw Niners minus three at some spots, you know, right after the first game, right after yep. the Chiefs advance. It is now down to Niners two and a half, over under at 47 and a half, and then Yo, they drop uh, a little bit more. 
I, I'll correct have? you. I'll correct you. It's I, I'm looking at it right now live. It's down to one and a half. Uh, wow. Okay. So, so as yeah. we're recording, like, so just in the time that I started recording this podcast with you until now, the <laughs> line has shifted an entire point. So that's just showing the the public love for Mahomes. And I imagine a lot of professional sports bettors were getting on that two and a half and maybe even the money line. I bet when the reports come out, when we get to reporting the splits, as we get closer to kickoff, I imagine you're going to hear a lot about how there is a ton of money on the Chiefs money line coming yeah, in. Yeah, I'll, I'll even say this right now. So like literally, as you said, line comes out at what, like 30 minutes, an hour ago, but 69% of tickets on KC, everything's going to flow in that way until it probably hits. My guess is pick them at some point and then you'll find some resistance. But at the moment, it seems all Kansas City. Right. And one of the big things as well to report, a uh, former colleague of ours, Darren Ravel, made sure to get the full itinerary that Taylor Swift can make it back in time for the Super Bowl. Uh, so just if you're wondering if Tay-Tay is going to be in the audience, there is a very good chance she could be. Uh, and then also the game being played in Vegas. I imagine a lot. it's going to be a betting bonanza uh, being in this uh, environment as well. A lot of people will probably be using the matchup from four years ago as maybe like a little bit of a mini compass. And I think I want to just say, like, be careful with that because a lot of there is a lot of the same players, but a lot of the key guys have shifted a little bit. Obviously, Jimmy G was in at the quarterback now. Brock Purdy's there. Tyreek Hill is no longer on that offense. So very interesting to see uh, what, what kind of lines we'll see for um you know, like lines for like a Travis Kelsey, like, you know, as far as like his yardage line and his receiving like receptions line, like coming into this game against the Ravens, who were a top three matchup as far as defending the tight end, you still saw his reception line at six and a half and it juiced to the over along with his receiving yard line in the mid to high seventies. And it was only going up as we got closer to kickoff. I can't imagine we're not going to see a line like that. What do you have? Uh, so across the market right now, lines are coming out already across props and all that different type of stuff. So I, I'll just give you like a blanket few numbers. Yeah, feed it. I, I, this is genuine reaction. I don't know what these are. Yeah. So Kelsey right now sitting at 66 and a half receiving yards. That's what looks okay. like around the open. Uh, he would be the second highest behind Rasheed Rice, who is at 68 and a half receiving yards. And then you'd get Ayuk at 63 and a half. So that's uh looks like openers from the receivers there. Yeah, and see, the thing about Ayuk and the reason why people will be should be looking at Ayuk is that he did score a touchdown today. The Lions played man coverage at a top 10 rate, and he thrives against man coverage. Well, guess who else plays man coverage at a top 5 rate? That would be the Chiefs. So Brandon Ayuk and McDuffie is going to be a matchup that is going to be a key difference maker, I think, in that. Now, I will say... Super Bowl MVP odds are probably going to be slowly coming out as well. One of the things that I was recommending and I tracked on the action app as we got into uh, the game was I looked at Travis Kelsey at 80 to one for Super Bowl MVP, along with Debo Samuel at 65 to one at Super Bowl MVP. Since that time, and, and this was just in the time of when that Chiefs game finished, Kelsey dropped it just to nine to one. Samuel was around 30 to one. I got to imagine those are going to get a little bit more CLV as we go uh, heading into uh, kickoff. Do you see what Pacheco is? Are you looking at them right now? I don't have them mm -hmm. in front of me. I got Pacheco at 120 to one to win Super Bowl MVP entering the, uh, this round. So I'm imagining I got CLV there. I know Matt Mitchell bet Pacheco and Debo. So yeah, I mean, some of those, especially when you get to the second last round in that conference championship, it's a little bit of value there if you think the team's going to win. And uh, obviously those get uh, slashed pretty hard.
All right, so Super Bowl MVP, looking out there right now. Pretty much right at the top, you've got Patrick Mahomes at plus 130, Brock Purdy at plus 200, and then it takes a jump up to Christian McCaffrey at plus 430. Right now, Travis Kelsey's around 23 to 1, so still not it's not great yeah, odds. Yeah. You're not looking at 80 to 1 like as, as much as you, but Debo's still sitting there out at 55 to 1. And the reason why I keep bringing up these two, and part of the reason why I was on the Kelsey train initially is that there's already obviously this Taylor Swift narrative and him being front and center. But if Patrick Mahomes has a game like he had today where he's just good, but he's not the best player on the field, like that kind of thing, where Travis Kelsey had a, a dominant effort today, I could see view, voters kind of looking more towards Kelsey's pocket instead of instead of Mahomes. Now, the same thing on the flip side with Samuel. If Samuel has a two or three touchdown game and just is dominant, uh, nobody's going to give Brock Purdy that credit. They're going to say Debo trucked a few guys and that's why he deserves MVP. So that's kind of been my MVP thoughts so far. But again, I think the other thing too is that right now, the way that they have the Super Bowl odds priced, if you're looking at the Chiefs right now, Chiefs money line is about even odds right now. So you got to think if the Chiefs do win, typically the award does go to the quarterback. So Patrick Mahomes plus 130, if that is the angle you'd want to take, that might be the better way to get a little bit of extra juice on that. Yeah, and uh, CMC right now is sitting about minus 200 to score a touchdown. I believe he was about minus 300 in the game today, but still minus 200 uh, score a touchdown in the Super Bowl. That's uh, something to behold. Uh, a few numbers I can rattle off here mm-hmm. uh, in terms of just the matchup itself. So game's going to be played in Vegas. Uh, Mahomes 18-3 and three straight up playing Mountain Pacific games, uh, and that would be 14-1. and one. Since the start of 2019, that only loss would be the Broncos game. Uh, They lost this past season. But he's been uh, pretty darn good uh, when on the road and traveling, especially in his career. And think about this one. So the Chiefs entering this game having covered five straight. Uh, Those teams covering at least five in a row entering a Super Bowl versus the 49ers who haven't been covering at all and actually just, you know, didn't cover entering this game. Those teams 6-0-1 ATS in the Super Bowl era. So usually the covering team ends up getting it done and you get you might be getting a few uh free points here. So again, Mahomes the Grim Reaper getting points unreal. And the other thing that I would just say before we go is the last 2 years the most bet touchdown score in each game that would have been Cooper Cup and then Travis Kelsey, they were the most bet touchdown scores in each game and both scored very easily. I will probably be looking at Travis Kelsey for a first-team touchdown, as now uh, with the touchdown today, he has scored the first Chiefs touchdown in five of the last seven playoff games. All right, so that is Super Bowl 58, Chiefs, Niners. Niners just hanging on by a thread to be a favorite here. The over-under still around 47.5, and, a half, and uh, the game will be at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas in about two weeks' time. All right, now let's check in with Patrick Everson from Vegas Insider to see how sportsbooks fared in Las Vegas for Championship Sunday. All right, Jill, thanks for having me back on the Action Network podcast. A great Sunday here in Las Vegas for sure and around the country in the realm of NFL betting, betting on Conference Championship Sunday. And generally speaking, this was probably a pretty good day for the books. I'm sure some betters made out all right, but generally speaking, it sounds like they were pretty happy with the Chiefs' outcome, getting the Chiefs outright at a couple of different uh, sports books. I know BetMGM specifically, Christian Cipollini 
for BetMGM nationally, not just here in Vegas, but nationally, he said Chiefs was a good outcome. The Chiefs winning, and especially that game going under as well. There was uh, definitely heavily heavy activity to the over in that game. But in addition to that, while BetMGM nationally was good to both the Chiefs and the Ravens in the Super Bowl futures market, better to the Chiefs than the Ravens. So I think they're pretty happy with that. And again, multiple odds makers indicated similarly that that was a uh, that was a pretty good outcome to get the to get the Chiefs outright. Just absolutely stifling Baltimore. Baltimore can't really get anything going. Loses seventeen to ten. Obviously, the second game was a hell of a lot more exciting with San Francisco making the huge comeback, beating Detroit 34-31. That was a good outcome, generally speaking, for the books as well for a couple of reasons. First off, you get a Niners win and a Lions cover. There was a ton, ton, ton of money line play on the Lions. The public was definitely on the Lions on the money line. They were all in for the underdog to keep that Cinderella story going. So books didn't mind at all that they got a 49ers win, but a Lions cover because then they scoop up a lot of 49ers spread, which quite a few books were seeing. And all of that Lions money line action went back into the coffers of the sports books. And that's including at BetMGM, again, from Christian Cipollini, BetMGM nationally. He said, as it looked like the Lions were going to win that game, he said, this one holding up would be very bad for us. But it ended up being very good, ultimately, because the Niners came all the way back. Now, that said, at BetMGM, again, the futures played into it as well. The Lions were a worse outcome for the NFC Championship game twofold. One, because of the Lions money line activity that I described to you a moment ago. And two, be, couple that with the Lions Super Bowl futures. Those two things coming together created a more perfect storm for the Lions to be really bad behind the counter for BetMGM and really good on our side of the counter for the customers. But the Niners are a bad outcome for BetMGM as well, but it was a lesser of two evils kind of thing. The Niners are a less bad outcome for BetMGM. So now what the book is rooting for, all things being equal, and a lot could change in these next two weeks, but they're rooting for the Chiefs to beat the Niners in the Super Bowl and hopefully see a whole lot of activity. Now let's spin this forward to the Super Bowl. Talk with the Vegas odds maker on this Sunday night. I know as everybody's listening, Jill, it is Monday. This game opened, the Super Bowl did, at San Francisco minus two. And the, what the odds maker explained to me was two reasons for that. One, it looks like Niners running back Christian McCaffrey might be a little bit dinged. He got dinged late in the game against the Lions, it appeared. But he said, more importantly, because of a now suspect San Francisco defense, they just they don't have a lot of faith in them. So the thought process was, do we open San Fran two, two and a half or three? Ultimately decided on opening the Niners at minus two. But the betters responded almost immediately by betting on the Chiefs. And granted, there's not a whole lot of room to move here necessarily if you're going to keep it around and pick them. But the Niners are already down to minus one late on Sunday night. And the money line is correspondingly moving. And I'm hearing from multiple odds makers that Chiefs money line, especially at BetMGM, Chiefs money line is getting hit pretty well. But so is Chiefs on the spread. There'll be plenty more to talk about over these next couple of weeks, especially prop bets and all that. But that is a wrap on the weekend from Vegas and nationwide on conference championship betting and a little bit of a look ahead to Super Bowl 58 two weeks from now right here in Las Vegas. And I'll say for a whole lot more, check out my NFL Super Bowl odds and action report at VegasInsider.com. Thank you, Patrick. And thank you for listening to the Action Network podcast presented by BetMGM. Enjoy a nice little break. Keep an eye out for all of our NFL Super Bowl podcasts right here on the Action Network. 
Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.